Nobody was ready for women on radio. As I understand how this thing works, the object is to make all of these meters go as far to the right as possible. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I got a great night planned, and as soon as I get the show out of the way, we'll be all set. Uh, yeah, the time I'm feeling right now. About to get real hype now, yeah. This that new song on the radio from Spain. I hear bumping in the barrio in the mix with Sean. That Valencia edition bringing you the banging tunes in the mix with Sean. Come through and catch a vibe. You can feel it in the room in the mix with Sean. That Valencia edition bringing you the banging tunes in the mix with Sean. Come through and catch a vibe. You can feel it in the room. In the mix, Shum. Actually, we're in Valencia with Shum right now. I'm Shum Isaacs, back in the building, kind of like I never left, but I think it's obvious that, you know, I've been gone for a while. Um, I feel like we have a lot to talk about, but I'm going to try to keep it short because we have a packed show for you. Um, a lot has changed since I last cracked the mic. I was with iHeartRadio, left iHeartRadio for Apple Music, contract ended at Apple Music, and then I had no job. So I was doing a lot of traveling. I spent some time in Arizona. I was in in London for like a month, stopped in Amsterdam for a few days, also went to Madrid, stayed a few weeks in Guyana, which is in South America. So, you know, I was taking good advantage of not being employed. And during that time, I also decided to apply for grad school. I knew that I needed to elevate my career in some type of way that I couldn't necessarily do on my own. So yeah, this is where I'm at. I'm happy. I'll be here for the next year. I'm a grad student at Berklee College of Music doing my master's in global entertainment and music business. Just being here and being amongst all these creatives, I thought it was the perfect opportunity to put the show back in motion. So big shouts to all of my fellow GEMBs. Uh, that are listening right now, and all of the other masters and study abroad students who are also here in Valencia as well. Just to backtrack a bit, we definitely need to acknowledge the new show intro. Hello, it sounds amazing. Um, for those who helped out, I feel like I owe you my firstborn, but it's so many of you that's not possible. Um, just know that I'm very, very grateful. Uh, Mr. Encore back in New Jersey in the States, he was actually responsible for creating the first show intro that we had for the original In the Mix with Shum. He provided the basically the blueprint. I took what he gave me and I gave it to a student here named Antonio who did an amazing job with delegating other people to hop on and play instruments. So I'm going to just call him like the project manager, the executive producer. So shout out to Antonio, Antoine, who also worked very closely with him in the studio, Mason for hopping on the vocals, Jordan on the French horn, Kevin, I heard your keys got taken off the track, and big shouts to Ben also for the moral support that I know he provided. So with this edition of In the Mix with Shum, it's about being a creative. It's about understanding what it is to turn your craft into a business, providing inspiration and insight and a business-minded perspective for a DIY musician. And for those who don't know, DIY means do it yourself. Another thing that's different this time around is that I've commissioned a few of my peoples here on campus to co-host the show with me. So we've got Kim Ortiz holding down our music discovery portion of the show. We've got Hillary Storm with bulletins and music news. And we've got Carol Ann Vetter taking us out with DIY trade secrets. 
And let's not forget also, we have an exclusive interview with the VP of Marketing from CD Baby, which is a very big name in the DIY world. So I'm very honored to have him as a guest here with us. I mean, I feel like I've been talking your ear off already. My mouth is mad dry. I need water. (laughs) So we're just going to hop right into it. I'm going to pass the mic to Kim. Kim, what's poppin'? Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Kim Ortiz, and I'm here in sunny Valencia with my girl, Shum. Just to give you a brief introduction on myself, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. I graduated from Middle Tennessee State University with a degree in music business and marketing. Over the last couple of years, I've just been really kicking it and working with independent artists just trying to help them get their brand started. And now I have the pleasure of being in Valencia to discover new music and bring it to your ears. Any artists out there, if you're interested in being featured on the show, shoot me an email at inthemixshoom at gmail.com. First up, we have my favorite, the Berkeley Spotlight. So this week's spotlight is on Miss Naomi Westwater from Boston, Massachusetts. And she's actually a student here on campus in Valencia, which is super dope. She describes herself as a huntress and a witch, which I think is super ironic considering, you know, Boston's history with witches. But (laughs) this is a witch that I can get behind. Her song that we're going to feature here today is called Massachusetts. It was released back in December of 2013 from her Coyote Love EP. Check it out.
Westwater with Massachusetts. Check her out on NaomiWestwater.com. Uh, she's also on Instagram at Naomi Westwater. Next up comes a submission from this four-piece psychedelic indie rock band out of Toronto named Possum. Now, I did get a chance to check out their YouTube video, which was very interesting because the video was made by their fans, which I think is really cool because when you think about fan engagement i don't think there's a more appropriate way to engage your fans so if y'all get a chance check it out on youtube here is invisible man by possum And you know, that was actually very cool because typically indie rock, I don't know enough about. I can't say I'm not a fan of it, but I just don't know enough about it. So the fact that that actually held my attention is really good. So coming out of Toronto, which is really cool to hear a different sound. When you think about Toronto, all you think about is Drake. Wait, is he from Toronto? Okay, I just <laughs> Drake, don't kill me if, if you ever hear this. So yeah, if you like what you heard, check them out. Their website is possumyyz.com. Now, before I get out of here, I got to leave y'all with word on the street. This is the time where I get to go out and find out what people are listening to. Now, make sure y'all stay tuned because we have the VP of marketing at CD Baby, Kevin Bruner, chatting with Shum a bit later. He's going to be dropping some major knowledge about how to get ahead and be successful as an independent do-it-yourself artist. And before that, Hillary's going to drop in and share some music news highlights with you, including concerts and upcoming festivals that you may want to attend, as well as the latest buzz happening here on Berkeley's campus. Again, I'm Kim Ortiz. You can check me out on YouTube. Find me on Instagram. That's Kimmy What You Got. I'm on Twitter, the underscore Kim Ortiz. And of course, I'm on Facebook. So without further ado, this week's Word on the Street. I'm Chavez Parker, and I'm from the Bahamas. I'm a student at Berkeley College of Music in the MPTI program. Right now, I'm listening to A Major. That is an artist that I produced myself. One of my favorite tracks off of the album is Self Control. It's really like one of those new age dancehall, Caribbean style, you know, tracks that's like popping right now. So it's really, really fun. It's on Spotify, 
Apple Music, iTunes, Tidal. All you have to do is search A Major, A dot Major, and the album will come up. The name of it is The Weekend. There you go. If I take another shot right now, I might get out of place. Between the liquor and the women in this spot right now, I did not come to chase. But you got me breaking all my rules. And I would be a fool if I left you alone. But I would be worse if I was to condone. But I'm in my zone. You blame me. I blame what's in my cup. And I think I've had enough. Cause now I'm tempted to touch you, baby. Touch right back You know I can't fight back You move your hips like that With this liquor in my soul I lose all my self-control No more chat when your waistline roll I lose all my self-control You have me with this wine alone I don't have no self-control When you see me in my zone I lose all my self-control Just gonna give a shout out to Los Angeles, California, all my Angelinos, and I'm in Valencia with Shroom. In the mix. In the mix. Uh, this is identification of the station. It is a nice uh, brick building. Denver, Colorado, home of the Denver Broncos, the Lumineers, and most importantly, Red Rocks Amphitheater. I had the privilege of doing my undergrad at McGill University in Montreal, Quebec. I studied political science and English and worked a lot with media studies, particularly music journalism. While I'm in Valencia with Shum, I'll have the wonderful opportunity of updating you on music industry headlines, upcoming concerts and festivals, birthday shoutouts, and even some dope events coming out of Berkeley. So for the month of October, I'm just going to get the really lame out of the way. It's midterm month for us students. Which isn't half bad, because September 30th until October 15th, certain restaurants in Valencia will be offering special discounted menus, which might come in handy in case you run out of time to cook. 
And don't forget Halloween. I expect to see a lot of Hugh Hefners, R.I.P., Game of Thrones, Beauty and the Beast, Pregnant Kylie Jenner, and the Scary Clown from It. For those on campus, be sure to let us know where the party's at. A few news highlights. RIAA half-year figures reveal that there's a 17% rise for U.S. recorded music revenues. This is big news, guys. Streaming accounted for 62% of the $4 billion of U.S. retail revenues in the first half of 2017. And a year ago, streaming share of the market was 47%. YouTube backs new short film for Grimestar at Stormzy. Its length is just over 15 minutes, a mixture of dramatic narrative and live footage. Facebook is expected to spend $1 billion on original video shows. This sounds like an insane amount of money, but would represent just 3.7% of the social network's revenues for the whole of 2016, or around a seventh of what Netflix is expected to spend on content in 2018. My question is, who's going to watch shows on Facebook? Coming at you with some festivals and conferences. Festival Festador is coming up here in Batera, Valencia, October 12th through the 14th. We'll have more than 25 invited groups, including Boycott, Nonservium, Narco, and Riot Propaganda. If you're a student here in Valencia, it's a great opportunity to check out some local talent. Back in the States, Austin City Limits in 2017 will be winding down. It's from October 6th through the 15th in Austin, Texas. The lineup this year is crazy, guys. Jay-Z, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and Chance the Rapper. Also, Voodoo Experience in good old Nola, New Orleans, October 27th through the 29th. Such a cool festival. It encompasses the culture of the area and also the whole Halloween element is always involved. Super fun. Then there's the Music, Tech, and Games Conference, BIME Pro, which is celebrating its fifth anniversary this year, October 25th through the 28th in Bilbao, Spain, with speakers from The Orchard, Sony, Pledge, BMG, and The Boiler Room. Personally, I definitely recommend if you have the opportunity to go to any of these festivals and especially the conferences, you need to go. There are amazing networking opportunities and lots of knowledge is there to absorb and super cool people to meet. Last month, my fellow GEMB students and I were in Barcelona for the Future Music Forum. This was an awesome conference at the Estrella Dam Factory where, yes, lots of beer was consumed that introduced us to some of the biggest issues in technology currently happening in the music industry. We had the opportunity to meet with some big names like Dante Ross, and Seymour Stein and experience what it's like to hand out our nifty Berkeley business cards. The conference was just an overall cool place where people you might not often be exposed to are around to chill and have a beer and talk authentically about what they do. Let's hear a bit from who we got to meet. I'm Hillary Storm with your bulletins. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rockabilly. I'm Audi. In the mix. In the mix. My name is Anya and I'm from London. I work for Sony Music and Psycho Music. I am a senior digital marketing manager, so I um, I basically kind of do all the social media uh, digital marketing strategy for the artists on the label. So that's been everyone from One Direction to Leona Lewis to now the likes of Little Mix and loads more. My name is Miguel Simões. I'm a freelance composer. I'm Talia Gordon. I'm from Portland, Oregon, and I am one half of Needle Drop Co. And I am Josh Spacek, the other half of Needle Drop Co. We decided to put a library together of music um, that was pre-cleared and available for streaming content creators to be able to have a, a platform to license music easily. Never actually been to like a, a music conference like this. Obviously, working for a major label, you can get a little bit kind of there are three major labels you kind of get a little bit stuck within yourselves and yeah you feel like you're the kings of the castle but I think there are some really interesting major players outside of the music industry that can offer a lot to us so I just kind of wanted to come and see what was going on speak to a few people hear a few people speak and just see if there's any cool takeaways really that I can go and feed back to the guys in the label we're here for the sync sessions a very focused part of the conference that's separate from future music 
uh, forum. And sync is short for synchronization. Sync license is when you negotiate the rights to use a piece of music in any other media, whether it's video or a podcast or film. There's going to be a lot of music supervisors with the London Sync sessions. And for me, that's interesting because uh, I can... Uh, get more that perspective of putting my music into into picture into cinema into adverts into tv programs so uh, anything i can take from this you know i'm gonna absorb coming to events like this showed us that you can actually take advantage of, especially of the modern technology and the digital world and you can get yourself out there on your own align yourself with people whose skills are complementary to yours and people that you trust so if you're a creative and you're not great at marketing yourself or if you need someone more on the business side of things like find people that you trust that are doing things that excite you and partner with them. I just think it's about consistency. You know, YouTube, for example, their algorithm upscores people who are consistent and constant. Um, and I think that's that, that's what it's about. I think it's about visibility and I think it's not being afraid to put yourself out there and trying new things and don't be afraid to make those connections and have those conversations. Even if you don't know people, that's kind of how, that's how I got into the music industry. I, you know, I never worked in music before, but I wanted to break into the other side and I just knocked on every door. Shum Isaac's popping in real quick. First of all, to say thank you for listening. Make sure you like, comment, follow, subscribe, all that good stuff so we know who's tuned in. We know where you're tuned in from. And so you can stay up to date with what we have going on in Valencia with Shum. Big shout out to Kim and Hillary for killing it with your segments. Can't wait to hear what you guys have in store for next episode. And we also have one other student that we need to hear from, but one thing at a time. Right now, I need you to pay attention because we have the headliner of our very first episode, joining us. It was a show created to inspire DIY artists to take a more progressive and business-minded approach to their craft. So what better way to have someone come from the mecca of DIYism and like school us? I mean, just consider this episode DIY 101. As a guest, we had the pleasure of meeting him here in the classroom at Berkeley. He calls Portland, Oregon home, which is also the headquarters for the infamous CD Baby, which is a name that we hear all the time in conversations when it comes to indie labels, indie artists, digital distribution, aggregation. These guys are it. They do it all. And um, I don't know if it's just me, but every time I hear the name CD Baby, I'm like, what the hell is a CD Baby? Like, is it CD Baby or is it CD Baby? You know what I'm saying? Like, so many questions. But anyway, we're going to have the opportunity to pick his brain. He spent over 19 years working in the music business, both as an artist and an industry professional. He's a graduate from Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee, where he studied music and music business. Now he's the VP of marketing at CD Baby, and his name is Kevin Bruner. So Kevin, tell us. CD Baby has been around since the late 90s. It's a name that we often hear when the DIY scene is mentioned. Can you break down what CD Baby is, where the name came from? Yeah, so CD Baby's been around since uh, the late 90s. Like you mentioned, back then there was no way for an independent artist to sell their music online, really directly to their fans at all, without a really expensive process of trying to get some sort of credit card machine. And, you know, all that was very challenging and difficult. And so CD Baby was started where artists could send in their CDs and sell them online directly to their fans. And it was revolutionary. It was something that uh, artists until that point couldn't access the market without a record label. So we've been at the forefront of the independent music scene and pioneered a lot of the distribution for independent artists. And, you know, over the years, we've gone from being a CD distributor to 
now we are one of the largest uh, distributors of uh, digital content for independent artists, and we do YouTube monetization, we collect publishing royalties, we do sync placements. So basically, our goal is to help artists monetize their music in any way possible. The name, you asked about the name, the name CD Baby <laughs> was just something the original founder came up with, but we joke about it now saying that CD stands for completely digital because most of our <laughs> business now is all digital. We do still sell CDs and vinyl for artists, but most of where we're uh, helping artists make money from their music is from digital methods, you know, streaming, downloads, and publishing, all that stuff I mentioned. So basically, it's the DIY artist's best friend, and they need to link up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you can go to cdbaby.com and find out more about what we do. Awesome. And what's your job there as the VP of marketing? Well, I manage a team of, there's a crew of 10 of us, and our goal is to just reach out to artists and let them know about all the different brands we have. CD Baby is actually just one of the brands we have. We have a web hosting service called Host Baby. We have a music marketing platform called Show.co, a YouTube network called Illustrated Sound. So our job is to increase awareness of all these brands in the artist community. And we do a lot of content creation just to help artists understand how to pursue a music career. It's not really a lot of selling. It's more of just trying to help educate the market and let them know that we're here for them. We want them to uh, succeed. And uh, there's so many options and things that are available to them in this new independent world that uh, you know they need to know about it in order to achieve success. What are some general trends and even challenges that you're noticing the DIY scene is facing currently? You know, back when, when I was head, entering into the market as, uh, as an artist, and I, I was in a, I'm still in a band called Small Town Poets, but back in the, the day we were signed to a major label, the biggest challenges for an artist back then were you had no access to the market, you had no way of recording a great-sounding album, and you had no way to promote yourself uh, because all the methods of promotion were just mainstream media pretty much at that point. So now for independent artists, we hear artists every day making amazing sounding albums just with their laptops and the, the, the things that they have access to at home. So that problem's been solved. Distribution, any independent artist can access the market. We can get them there. We can get their music there. So the biggest challenge is still the promotion piece. And it's one of those things that there are so many great tools for artists for them to be able to promote themselves online and reach a fan base directly online but it's something that's not necessarily the our biggest uh talents as artists sometimes you know we're great at making music but we're not great about telling people or 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 building a, an ongoing marketing campaign or you know interacting with folks so a lot of artists still struggle with the fact of like i made this album now how do i get people interested and the good news is with the internet, there's so many amazing tools and ways to do that, but it does require some extra learning. It does require some extra hustle. And, you know, sometimes it uh, requires artists to feel a little bit uncomfortable and do new things and try things outside the box. Like what type of things should they be getting themselves into once the album is made? Some things that artists should be really paying attention to, to really help move their career forward. Video has always been huge and will continue to grow uh, with like YouTube. Uh, almost all the artists that we see having uh, big time success here as independent artists 
have some sort of video component. I wouldn't say all of them, but a large majority of them are doing something with video that helps their music go further than it ever could just by releasing an album. And Facebook Live is another thing, and, and Facebook Video is another thing that artists should be paying attention to. It's, it works different than, than the YouTube platform, but that's another place where artists are starting to take advantage of how these platforms can take their message and just uh, you know, broadcast it out to reach greater audiences than ever before. So video is something that we see artists doing. And that's where, you know, for some artists, getting in front of a camera is very uncomfortable. It's not going to help your career if you're very awkward in front of a camera. So maybe <laughs> video isn't for you, but you should definitely look at what people are doing and how they're using video platforms because there might be some interesting ways that you can engage with your fan base around video that doesn't require you to stand in front of a camera. Some, you know, some things that... I've always encouraged artists to do is to get their fans involved. That's one of the best things about where we're at with the music business is that you can actually get your fans involved. Ask them to make official music videos for your music. You know, if you've got hundreds of fans, get them uploading hundreds of videos of your music that they're proud of because they contributed in some way and they want all their friends to see it now because right. it's a video they made. So there's things like that where it's it's a matter of trying to figure out how to engage your fans where they can feel some sort of partnership or some ownership in what you're doing as opposed to you just trying to sell them something. What about like playlisting? Um, I hear a lot of people talking about, you know, getting their songs on playlists like on Apple Music or on Spotify. Is there potential for growth in that? Absolutely. And that's that's one thing I would definitely highlight is that the the current music space that we're in is really driven by various platforms, whether it be Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, Pandora, and they all work very differently. So, you know, back in, you know, when I was uh, in college and trying to, you know, get my start in the music business, there was no difference in how your CD sat on a shelf in a store. The way the customer interacted with that CD on a shelf in a store was exactly the same no matter what store they were in. They might pay something different, but... Now, the way your music sits in these platforms, there's advantages to how some of them work. And playlisting on Spotify is definitely one of them. And as an artist, if you've got a following and you find you know, a playlist that maybe has 1,000 followers or 2,000 followers, contact them and say, hey, look, I've got 5,000 people on my email list. I will email them all to check out your playlist if you'll add my track. And that way, it's mutually beneficial. You get added to a playlist, they get some extra exposure for what they're trying to do in the on the playlisting front and everybody's happy. So there's lots of opportunity there. And all these platforms have these algorithms and ways that it promotes music based on activities. We we provide uh, trending data for artists that use our services for Spotify, Apple Music and iTunes. And the interesting thing is that a lot of times the music that you're seeing, you know, the tracks of yours that you're seeing have success on say Spotify may not be what's seen success on Pandora. So sometimes the way these platforms work can drive different tracks to see a whole different audience. There's lots of cool stuff that's helping uh, music move forward. So lots of opportunity on these platforms. Okay, good information. So, I mean, if so many tools are available for anyone to take an independent route in their career, are there still those people who are still waiting for that major label deal and why? Yes, there are plenty that are still waiting for that major label deal. This is what I would tell them. The days of a label 
major label coming and plucking you up out of a club, out of obscurity, are over. That's never going to happen again. You know, back in the day, it used to be, hey, I'm going to go to L.A., I'm going to go to New York, I'm going to go to Nashville, I'm going to play in the club scene, and a r guy is going to be there, and I'm going to get signed. That doesn't happen anymore. The way these people are finding the artists that they're signing to major labels these days is they're scouring Spotify, seeing what's performing well. They're looking for artists that already have a track record of success. So if you want to reach that level, what you need to be doing is really building your following. You need to be driving revenue, driving plays and streams and building a fan base to the point where you may not even want those folks in your life anymore, the, the major label crew, because you know we see this happen all the time here at CD Baby. We see artists build up a, a whole business around their music to the point where major labels come calling. And then for them, it's like, why would I give up control? Why would I give up most of the money in order to sign a deal when I'm already making a very nice living and have a, a big fan base? So you're going to have to do the work ahead of time. And then at that point, if you do sign a major label deal or a, a label deal, you should have some leverage to hopefully negotiate some better terms than artists had in the past. And then you have to go in with the understanding that at some point, this label will drop you. There's probably like one or two still around that have been on the same label for their whole career. But for artists coming up now, you will be dropped by a label if you ever sign with a label. That's guaranteed. So you have to have this long-term vision of like, this is just a stepping stone to help me reach a broader audience. And my plan is to reach that broader audience, capitalize on the situation, and and hopefully, uh, you know, when this runs its course, I'm in a better position to market my music directly to my fans, continue with my audience, and continue to make music that I want, uh, hopefully, to more people. What are some other ways that the DIY artists be more independent and maximize their ownership, you know, with the industry and market just, like, changing literally every day? Well, I think the, the, the key thing for an artist is, one, they need to be focused on creating great music. I mean, that... that that seems like an obvious, but I run into so many artists that spend all their time on Twitter or Facebook and uh, trying to hustle, but they never actually write music. <laughs> I see it a lot. So that's worth mentioning. I'm still an artist, and what I always tell artists is that uh, the musical pursuit is a lifelong pursuit, and it's a journey, and it's a career that builds over time. And you need to focus on building a catalog and keeping that catalog working on your behalf, another mistake I see artists do, making is their, their latest album comes out and they, it sounds so much better and feels more mature than their previous albums, which it should. And so their uh, first inclination is, well, I'm going to pull down all that other music. And one, all the fans that have bought that other music and been enjoying that music, suddenly it disappears. And it's like, that isn't how you build revenue streams. And two... Uh, you've, you've got to understand that, yeah, you, you, you need to build a catalog. As the catalog gets bigger, you have more revenue streams, more songs piping uh, money into your pocket as an artist. And you want to build this massive catalog that fans can discover from all angles, new and old. And, uh, and it really, really builds their career. So you, you got to, you know, artists need to make great content. They need to be building a catalog and they need to learn how to communicate who they are to people in a meaningful way. Uh, we see so many artists that 
just spend all their time saying, buy my music, buy my music, and don't understand why they're not making any traction. And it's really uh, understanding that people aren't looking to be sold something. They're looking for human connection. They're looking for meaning and purpose. And when you can illuminate them through some of those things with your music and how uh, the, the music you're making is impactful to you as a person and uh, how it's something that you want to share with others, then people start listening. I wouldn't spend much time learning how to be better at Twitter because once you develop that story as an artist, once you figure out who you are, all those things start to fall into place. It starts to feel more authentic and natural. It's like, oh, this is how I can communicate who I am, my brand as an artist. And it's like, okay, well, then now let's talk about interesting ways to take that message and broadcast it, whether it's a video, whether it's a Twitter listening party, or it's a email campaign. Those things become natural extensions of who you are instead of trying to figure out how to become you know, the, uh, the Instagram master Become the artist master, then take that to Instagram, and you'll see better results. Hey there, this is Kevin Bruner. I'm the VP of Marketing at CD Baby, and you're listening to In Valencia with Shroom. No Shroom, just Shroom. Sorry, sorry. I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> In the mix. In the mix. A big thank you to Kevin Bruner for joining us. It was a pleasure meeting you and, you know, having you as a guest on our first show. Very fitting for the first episode of a DIY podcast. Uh, Kevin is also a podcaster himself. The name of his show is called The DIY Musician Podcast. You can find it in the iTunes podcast app as well as search it on Overcast. It'll also come up. And while you're digging on Kevin, head over to Spotify. He's a member of two bands. One is called Small Town Poets. The other one, Hello Morning. I heard he's working on some new music, so go see what he's up to. And thanks for everyone who participated and put effort and energy into the making of this episode. I look forward to the next show where we can do it all again. Dope music, useful information for our creatives out there. And you know what? We're just getting started. I feel like every episode, we're just going to kick it up a notch or two each time. So subscribe, like, comment, say hi. In the mix, shroom at gmail.com for questions, comments, suggestions, as well as to submit your music as well. Uh, fellow GEMB student Carol Ann Vetter is going to do us the favor and graciously take us out with her DIY trade secrets. I'm Shum Isaacs. Follow me everywhere at Shum I-S-A-A-C-S. All right, Carol Ann, take it away. Hey everyone, my name is Carol Ann Vetter. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts, USA. I'm a global entertainment and music business student at Berkeley. My claim to media fame is that I hosted an indie rock radio show during my undergrad at Boston University. Also, for the last couple years, I was part of a DIY music and art collective in Boston. I love the culture surrounding that, and I wanted to bring some of that here to Berkeley with this segment, because this sharing of info is what DIY is about, which I think is really beautiful. So at the Future Music Forum in Barcelona, we spoke to Josh Rumer, who runs Mbengo Productions in Los Angeles. He has a lot of advice for artists these days. Let's hear what he has to say. That's all for me. I'm Carol Ann. Follow me on Instagram at C-A-R-O-L-E-A-N-N-N. Three N's. Bye. My name is Joshua Rumer. I'm the CEO and producer of Mbengo Productions, and I live happily in Austin, Texas. 
You have to keep moving forward. Don't be a coward. If you have something that you need to say, you need to say it as loud as humanly possible in the best way humanly possible that's good for you. Don't be concerned about what the person next to you is doing. Don't pay attention to their success. Don't compare your life to somebody else's. Make smart decisions that you're happy with and make dumb decisions that you're even more happy with. Better to regret something you did than something you didn't. Be true to your art. Don't follow trends because you're always going to be in at least second place. And never stop believing in why it is that you were created. If you honestly believe that you were created for the sole purpose of the creation of art, then damn it, that's what you're supposed to do. And if you run from that and go behind a desk and fill out an application at a grocery store or listen to your family that says, oh, you really need to start making money off this music. There are other forms of currency than money. An opportunity is not a lengthy visitor. So move forward and do not stop no matter what, period. Is that helpful? Is that helpful? Hey, this is Kevin from Michigan, and I just want to give a big shout-out to my peeps. And I'm in Valencia with Shroom. Bye. Please access another experience. Please access another experience. Please access another experience.